and 17. Let's sing it out tonight. 617. When Jesus comes to reward his servants, whether it be noon or night, faithful to him will he find us watching with our lamps all trimmed and bright. Oh, can we say we are ready, brother, ready for the soul's bright home? Say, will he find you and me still watching, waiting, waiting when the Lord shall come? If at the dawn of the early morning he shall call us one by one, when to the Lord we restore our talents, will he answer thee, well done? Oh, can we say we are ready, brother, ready for the soul's bright home? Say, will he find you and me still watching, waiting, waiting when the Lord shall come? Have we been true to the trust he left us? Do we seek to do our best? If in our hearts there is not condemned us, we shall have a glorious rest. Oh, can we say we are ready, brother, ready for the soul's bright home? Will he find you and me still watching, waiting, waiting when the Lord shall come? Blessed are those who the Lord finds watching, in his glory they shall share. If he shall come at the dawn or midnight, will he find us watching there? Oh, can we say we are ready, brother, ready for the soul's bright home? Say, will he find you and me still watching, waiting, waiting when the Lord shall come? And 673... When we all get to heaven, amen, 673. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his beauty and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. While we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of him in glory will the toils of life repay. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be. When we all, 
We'll sing and shout the victory on the last. Onward to the prize before us. Soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open. We shall tread the streets of gold. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. In 482, until we get to heaven, it's more about Jesus. Amen. 482. For more about Jesus would I know, more of his grace to others show, more of his saving fullness see, more of his love who died for me, more, more about Jesus, more, more about Jesus, more of his saving fullness see, more of his love who died for me. More about Jesus, let me learn. <coughs> Weird of God, my teacher be, showing the things of Christ to me. More, more about Jesus, more, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness, see. More of his love who died for me. And sing that third is the last. More about Jesus in his word. Holding communion with my Lord. Hearing his voice in every line. Making each faithful saying mine. More, more about Jesus, more, more about Jesus, more of his saving fullness, see, more of his love who died for me. Amen. You may be seated. Take a few moments here and just thank the Lord for some things that he has done. Last week, we had many. We put them on the list for this week, uh, people who are going to be out of town. We still had 73 this morning. We had four first-time visitors, I believe. And uh, during this week, we were able to get a promise from Brother Ledgeway. Uh, Bill Ledgeway is a member of a church in Connecticut. He's the ceiling man. And uh, he'll be coming down next Saturday, the uh, 29th. And Lord willing, we'll have the ceilings up in the basement lobby, the basement bathrooms, and the stairway here, which will mean the ceilings are done. Oh, wouldn't that be a blessing? We may have a few tiles to put in or a few little things here and there to do, but uh, Lord willing, we'll have most of that work done. And then uh, Brother Monette, he's a pastor from uh, St. Hubert, Quebec, and uh, he's the guy that did all the taping in the big room downstairs did a fantastic job and uh he's promised he said i'll come down he says i'm bringing my guys i told you i'd do it and boy i'll tell you if there is any part of this job that i hate it's taping sheetrock i don't mind putting it up i don't mind cutting it but trying to put that joint compound on it and cover up the seams and make it look nice i just can't do it i don't have the skill 
And uh, but Brother Monette does a wonderful job, and he's exceeding fast. And uh, I'm not envious at all. I just praise the Lord. He's willing to come down and do it. Amen. And so any other praises to add to the list? And grandson's 28 years old, doing really well. Praise the Lord. His birthday is today? Okay. All right. Stephen. Yes, Stephen's birthday was yesterday, and he had a great birthday. He praises the Lord for all the special things that happened. You have one? Amen. All right. Peter's job is still going well, and he's going to be able to go on the trip with the family and not lose his job. They're going to hold it for him, so that's great. All right. Uh, I think Rhoda had one. Okay. Amen. Praise the Lord for service this morning and everyone that's back tonight. Amen. Yes. Okay. Um, Lorraine Hand has gotten a good report. We've been praying for her uh, for, well, quite a while with cancer, and they say that at this point the cancer is contained in the liver and it's not moving anywhere, and they think they can treat it without doing radical and major surgery. So that's an answer to prayer. In fact, I guess it was just two or three months ago they said, if this treatment doesn't work, we're going to send you home to die. And uh, so, uh, praise the Lord. All right, any other praises? Anita. Ted. Amen. And uh, about the electricity, I mean, last summer here on this block, we lost the power three separate times. And every time they come out and replace more wires, and they finally did everything. 
And uh, so uh, I just praise the Lord we lost power last summer because if we'd lost power this summer, uh, there'd been no way in this world that we would have had any hope of being able to work with these two guys. And so the Lord knows what he's doing. You couldn't even be thankful for losing power three different times last year. We kept it pretty much this year, so praise the Lord. And I know Brett's got power back on at his place. and and uh, You got power on now, Credo? Okay. Dip Mars is still out. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's not a very complicated thing. If you leave 60-year-old wires in the street, eventually they're going to burn up. But <laughs> what are you going to do? Praise the Lord. No one has died as far as we know because of this. It's been several miserable hot days and a lot of people on oxygen and different things at home. And uh, so far, there's been no fatalities. Uh, if you remember a couple years ago in France... They had a heat wave, no power outages. Or no, they did have power outages, and they had scores of people. It ended up several hundred people died because of the heat and, and different things. And so we can, we've got a lot to be thankful for. All right. Anybody else? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your hand. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for the services. We thank you for the spirit of our people. And, Lord, just the ability that we have to bring these praises before your throne. We thank you that you are working in our lives. Lord, we thank you for opportunities to witness and opportunities to simply serve you. Lord, we thank you for brothers in Christ who are willing to sacrifice their time and energies to come down and to help and to help us finish up. And, Lord, we thank you that you've brought us through most of this work and we're we're closing in on it, almost ready to, to be finished, all the major work. Lord, we thank you for your watch, care, and protection over us. We thank you that you are keeping us even when the power goes out. Lord, we're thankful that you supply our needs. We're thankful that you're such a great, loving God. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, let's sing one more song, 458. Draw me nearer, 458. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice and enjoyed thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious pleading side. Consecrate me now to thy service, worn by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding.
inside. Oh, the pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I spent. When I kneel in prayer and with thee, my God, I commune as friend with friend. Run nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. There are depths of love that I cannot know till I rare narrow see. There are heights of joy that I may not reach till I rest in peace with thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Take your Bibles if you would, and let's go back to the book of Revelation once again. Revelation chapter 3, by God's grace, we'll do the church at Sardis this Sunday night, the church at Philadelphia next Sunday night, the 30th, and then the church at Laodicea uh, Sunday night, August 6th, and then the following Sunday night will be, I can't remember, either Brother Ted or Brother Franz, and then the other Sunday night will be the next one of them, and then We'll be almost through the month of August. Wow, time flies when you're having fun. Amen. And uh, pray for Anita. She's making preparations to head back to Bible school. And uh, we're going to miss her. And uh, let's see. I don't think I'm going to be going out to Heartland this fall. won't be until January. But uh, let's uh, look here at the church of Sardis, the church of Ephesus, they were the forgetful church. They left their first love. The church at Smyrna was the persecuted church. The church at Pergamos was the careless church. The church at Thyatira was the worldly church. That was the church that allowed Jezebel to come in and to teach. This church, the church at Sardis, is the dead church. Now, that's not a very nice acronym, is it? Uh, it's not a very positive thing, but there are some positive things in here. But let's just start in verse 1 of chapter 3. It says, Unto the angel of the church at Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God, and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. 
Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now, as we read this letter, I mean, there's just not much encouraging here, is there? And uh, when uh, I got out of Bible college, I spent nearly two years on the road traveling with uh, Brother Clayton. Of course, Julia and Sharon grew up traveling from church to church with their father. And uh, one of the things about traveling and, and visiting churches is, boy, you can, you can walk into almost a, a totally empty building and you can know, very short order, what goes on in that church. I mean, there's, there's just a feeling, there's a spirit there. Not that we go on, as you walk in or things like that, but I remember one time we were on vacation in Pennsylvania, and we drove, uh, we were, I mean, out in the wilderness camping and we saw this little Baptist church on the highway right before you turned off to, to take down the dirt road, which led to the dirt road, which led to the campground. And, and uh, we said, we're going we're gonna to go there Wednesday night for service because we saw the sign. It said Wednesday service. And we got the kids. Uh, I think we, there was no running water in the campground, so we ended up... Uh, giving the kids a bath and a bucket and all that kind of stuff and getting them all ready for church and pulled into the parking lot and nobody was there. And here in little tiny letters, it said, it had big sign, service Wednesday, and then little tiny letters you couldn't see until you got out of the car, 1 p.m. in the middle of the afternoon. He said, boy, we just wasted an awful lot of time. And said, there's got to be something really wrong with this church. Well, sure enough, next day we went to the, one of the grocery stores to pick up a few supplies and said, do you know anything about that Baptist church? Oh, yeah, they hate each other over there. He said, they're always fighting. And maybe it was providential that we didn't read the sign carefully as we drove by. Amen. Um, there's lots of churches. They have a name. They have people coming in the doors. Boy, they're deader than a hammer. Jesus introduces himself to this church as he that hath the seven spirits of God. Now, that's a rather unusual way of introducing because we thought God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. How in the world does God have seven spirits? Now, I found this in a, in a book uh, written by Oliver B. Green, and he goes through Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2 where it says, The Spirit of Jehovah, the Spirit of Wisdom, the Spirit of Understanding, 
the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of Jehovah. And he says that's the seven spirits of God. Well, could we take a little easier track on that, I think? When you see, there, numbers are significant in Scripture. And uh, we never, ever build doctrine based on numbers, okay? Uh, there's a fellow wrote a book about uh, Jesus was coming back in 1994. And here's why. You see, there were 153 fish in the net that Peter and James caught, and that's the number of nations. And we divide that by the baskets uh, that they took up after the feeding of the 5,000, which I called 6,000, and we divide that together and we multiply that by this and that. And he came up with this big, long mathematical equation. Einstein would have been proud of him. And said, Jesus was coming back September 22nd, 1994. Well, guess what? That kind of math doesn't work. Amen. Uh, the Bible's very clear. No man knoweth the day nor the hour when Jesus is coming back. After his third attempt, he finally said, well, I guess no one really knows the day nor the hour, and so I'll quit trying. So... But don't listen to Harold Camping, okay? He's on WFME on the radio. If you ever hear that low droning voice coming on, we're gathered here together, turn it off, okay? Uh, anybody that would play games like that with numbers is just a mess. But when we see the seven spirits of God, we see the number seven in the Bible. How many days are in a week? Seven. It's a complete cycle. It's the fullness is what it's talking about. How many churches did Jesus write to? Seven. Because it describes every type of church that is in existence in Jesus' day and right down to our day. He's not describing false churches. Jesus doesn't count them as churches. He's talking about his churches and the different kinds. And so when we see this idea of the seven spirits of God, he is saying, listen, I am the fullness of Almighty God. I am God in total here, and I am speaking to the seven pastors, the seven stars, of the seven churches because I am giving my final instructions to the churches because every church will find itself somewhere in this listing of churches. In fact, I, I believe that a church could find itself several different places over the years of its existence. And, uh, and it's why this, every one of them ends with... Hey, you better listen what the Spirit saith to the churches because there are dead churches out there. They didn't start out as dead churches. But they ended up as dead churches. And I'll tell you what, you let Jezebel preach very long in the church and it's going to be dead. Uh, that doesn't encourage growth. Oh, you might have more numbers. That's why Jesus said, listen, you, you have a name that you're alive, that thou hast 
that thou hast a name that thou livest, but you're really dead. Nothing that goes on in that church is because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone once put it this way. He said, start off with, let me see if I can remember it all, a man and his message, and then you have a machine and the momentum, and then you have a monument and the graveyard. And uh, sometimes that's the cycle that things go in. But that's not the way the church is supposed to be because whose church is it? Jesus' church, amen? He that was dead and is alive evermore. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. As long as that church is willing to follow Jesus Christ, that church can serve God and be faithful and be true. And that's not what happened at Sardis. Here was the command. He, he has nothing good to say about the church at Sardis. He says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. For I that are ready to die. Wow. Let's read verse 2 again, I'm sorry. It says, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. He says, remember the things that thou hast received. If it is a true church, they have had the word of God. Amen. And guess what? It's still there. You just got to go back and get it. He told them to hold fast. Don't let go. And he says, if you don't repent, if you don't turn around, that's what the word repent means. It's a change in heart that results in a change in direction. You can have all the feelings you want, but if that, those feelings do not produce a change in direction, it's not repentance. Repentance demands a change in direction. And he told this church, he said, you'd better repent if you don't watch, I'm going to come upon you as a thief. And that phraseology is always used when it is talking about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He uses that. He says, I'm going to come upon thee as a thief in the night. Thou shalt not know the day nor the hour. And uh, this is one of three different churches that is talked about being present tense at the beginning of the Great Tribulation. We just finished the church at Thyatira last week. And he said, I'm going to take Jezebel, and I'm going to take those that follow her, and I'm going to cast them into a bed and into Great Tribulation. 
There's going to be people meeting in churches where they've allowed this false doctrine out of the world to come into them. And they're going to continue on. And they're going to continue having church services just as they did before. Right into the period of time the Bible calls the tribulation period. This church at Sardis, they're going to be so mechanically minded and so set in their ways and so fixed up in what is going on, they're not going to miss a lick. Everything's going to happen, and, and they're going to be standing around saying, Listen, I don't know what you guys are all excited about, this coming of the Lord. It hasn't affected our church one little bit. We're going right on as we always have. Isn't that sad? They won't even be aware that the Lord has come. But that's what he's saying. Verse 4. It says, Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. I'll tell you, that's encouraging to me. Amen. He says, even in Sardis. He says, you have a few that have not dipped the colors. You have a few that have not become part of this dead mechanical thing and still calling the church. You have a few there that are still serving and, and doing what is right. And Jesus says, listen, they, those people are going to walk with me in white for their worthy. Even in the dead church, Jesus has those that are still serving him. I don't know about you, but that's encouraging to me. Jesus hasn't given up, and he's not going to give up, and he's not going to punish those that are living right, even though everyone around them is living wrong. Now, the way we do things is we would just write it down to collateral damage, and the few good people that get destroyed among all the bad people that are destroyed, well, that's just the price of warfare. That's just the way we have to do things. I'm glad Jesus doesn't believe in collateral damage. Amen. I'm glad he's not willing to write anyone off, even in the dead church. Be faithful. Serve the Lord Jesus Christ because he's the one that's watching. He's the one that's judging. Amen. And then it says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And verse 5 is one of the most interesting verses in the Bible to me because Jesus gives us a look into things here as he's instructing this church that we just have really no other, uh, uh, not a lot of information about. He says, And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Now, we read about this book of life in several different places in the Bible. The book of life is the book in which every uh, if, if we understand this passage correctly, every person who was ever born in the history of the human race 
their name was written in this book because they were living. There came a time in that life where they made a decision to either accept Jesus Christ or to reject Jesus Christ. And if they rejected Jesus Christ, their name was blotted out of that book. It was taken out. And when we go to Revelation chapter 20, if you want to turn there very quickly, Verse 12, it says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The best understanding I can give you tonight is that God has a set of books. And in those books are written everything that you have ever done. Every sin, every good work, And there comes a point in time. The book of life is the master book. It is the key to all of the others. When you trust Jesus as your personal Savior, God opens the books. He finds your name. And every sin that was ever sinned is marked, paid in full with the blood of Jesus Christ. Your record is expunged, as they would say. There's not a blemish on your record because every sin was taken care of. The only book that you will be judged on are the works that you have done in service for Jesus Christ. But there comes that point in, in everyone's life. We do not know where God's line of mercy ends. But when a person crosses that line and God knows that they are never going to be saved, their name, they open it up and their name is taken out of the book of life and their evil works are engraved in the books forever. God is going to judge us for what we do. You know what? There's not going to be any... Johnny Cock and Bull lawyers running around screaming, Oh, it's not fair. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Does anybody remember that foolishness? Oh, angers me. Shortest book never written. O.J. Simpson's search for the true killers, right? Oh. God's judgment. We'll find a whole lot of things out. Amen. Everybody's mad because Ken Lay had a heart attack and didn't go to prison for what he did. Well, let me tell you, Ken Lay is facing another judge. And that judge is going to set everything straight. 
You think Johnny, you think John Gotti got away with it? You wait till he stands before God at God's judgment seat. Everything he's ever done is going to be exposed for all the world to know. Jesus said, listen, those in Sardis that have not been overcome with the world, those in Sardis in the dead church that are willing to live for me, he said, you're going to walk with me in white because you're worthy. Amen. He said, his name, I'm not going to blot out of my book. It's going to be there. I'm going to confess it before God the Father and before his angels. And then he ends his thing by saying, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Jesus wants you and I to hear and understand his message. It's a very simple one. Get saved, amen? And once you get saved, God will give you what it takes to live for him, even in New York City, amen? Sometimes I wonder if we shouldn't put, even in New York City, there are some that have not defiled their garments, amen? But I don't want our church to be a Sardis church. I don't want our church to have a name that we're alive and, oh, there's all kinds of things going on at that church. But nothing's really happening. I want our church to be like the Philadelphian church. In fact, that's where I got the name for our church. And that's next Sunday night. But... Let us look and remember, even in Sardis, there are those that Jesus has that are serving him. Let's pray that never happens to Open Door Bible Baptist Church. And the only way that will never happen to this church is as we stay faithful to the things that Jesus has taught us. We don't let them slip. We hold fast and we live them every day. And all God's people said, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And Lord, our prayer is that you would be able to build your church here in Astoria, Queens, at Open Door Bible Baptist Church. Lord, that our church would remain true to you. Lord, we pray that we would never dip our colors, that we would not allow the false teachers in. Lord, that we would not leave our first love, that we would not get careless with your word. Lord, we have no control over what others may do to us as the persecuted church in Smyrna was. But Lord, we pray that we would be faithful to you. We pray for your grace in the hearts and lives of each one here. Before we finish that prayer, if anyone needs to take a moment and just come to the altar, spend a few minutes in prayer, you may do so.